Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I want to talk today on the awakening that happens within. And it's a topic that I keep researching and keep um, studying and following after because I think there's three dimensions that we need to look at when we talk about awakening, when we talk about living as kingdom believers. There's three dimensions I want to look at today. The first one is the environment. And the environment is the surrounding area that we're in. And if we put it in Christian context, we're in an environment today. You might have felt an environment of God's presence when we were all gathered today, or maybe you weren't feeling it, but you were in an atmosphere, if you like, where others were. And that's the environment that we're in. It's the close proximity. And then we have a second dimension, which is the habitat. The habitat is the real close proximity. Maybe your home or this, the close surrounding area around us where we can feel and sense and know what's going on. And then the third one is personal. It's right on us and in us. And so I want us to turn to Galatians chapter 5, just with those things in mind. And I want to read a very, very familiar passage to you from Galatians chapter 5, beginning in, I think, verse 16. Paul is talking about living by the Spirit or living in the Spirit's power. And so... I'll start, yeah, we'll start at, uh, at verse 16. And he says, so I say, uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Oh, yeah, it's up there. That's right. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Interesting here, isn't it? Paul's talking to the Christians in Galatia. These are people who know Jesus, confess Jesus, and yet he's talking to them as if they're still struggling with human sin. When you get born again, it's not a fix-all, certain purity for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. You will still have a sinful nature that you have to fight off. And it's one of those things that I think reminding ourselves of that we have an enemy and he likes to play on our sinful nature and so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to, to fight off, if you like, those cravings. And that's what Paul's talking about here. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you are directed, uh, verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone that living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. It's a big passage and there's a lot in there, but I wanna uh, make it really relevant today, hopefully as simply as I possibly can in these three dimensions. Our environment that's going on around us, our habitat that's our close proximity and right personal, which is right in us. Looking at these three areas, it's easy to be in an environment and you can even hang out if you wanna become a, I don't know, skater, you can hang out in a skate shop down at MV2. You can get on all the gear. You can say the sayings and you can watch the DVDs, but you might never get on a skateboard and be any good at it. That's someone who has a lot of the environment on them, a little bit of the habitat, but nothing personal. You might be in another setting where you you love footy and um, you're a strong barracker. And if you're like me, you just barrack at certain weekends for certain teams. And that's someone who just likes the environment. I like footy, I like AFL, and I, like, I enjoy a good game. But I don't make it too personal because I've learned over the years, they'll cut you like a knife. <laughs> just as you buy a member's ticket and get really involved again. I know this is baggage, isn't it? It's coming out now. I was a member of the Crows early days for a few years and went along to every game. And so it happens, doesn't it? You know, you, you get involved and what do they do? I mean, they just lose. I was getting into the big, big bash cricket, me and the boys were getting into it in the last couple of seasons. And the strikers, obviously, I think last year they won the, won the, the cup or whatever. And we were getting into it. And of course, we decided, hey, let's jump on the bandwagon. We're enjoying this environment. Let's get a little bit closer. Let's get right into the habitat. So we went to a game and they got absolutely thrashed. And I'm like, this is just the way it happens, isn't it? And then you feel sorry for all of those people who walk out of the losing game with their T-shirts and the, you know, the facial stuff on. I mean, they're right in it. But it can be like that in the kingdom too sometimes, can't it? Where we love the environment. We love maybe gathering in a place like this, but do we really create a habitat? A habitat where we eat and breathe in that air of the Kingdom of Heaven, and then do we take it the next step and take it really personal? Make Jesus really personal, where He actually takes hold of our lives and actually speaks to us and we actually obey Him. See, if He speaks to us and we don't obey Him, then we're just enjoying the environment. We're just enjoying what's going on. And maybe we are one of those spectators who are just going when the good stuff's happening. But then when it gets a little rough, we just dial out a little bit because we don't want to get too close. We don't want to eat in the habitat realm, that second degree into that sanctuary, into, into really becoming part of things. And we don't want to make it real personal because there we can get hurt. And God might reject us or people might reject us. And so it's a dangerous place or your footy team might lose and it's annoying. And so that personal place is, I believe, the degree that the Bible talks about here in the fruit of the Spirit. He actually wants to live in that realm with us all the time. And so often we think of the big things. 
we think, oh man, that means he's going to launch me into ministry or launch me into prosperity or launch me into some, you know, worldwide business or something. And we pray all of those things. But he wants to operate at the personal level first and deepest at that personal roots of our lives so that if he can speak to us at the little place and we're obedient there, then it has an effect on our habitat. It has an effect on our marriage, has an effect on our kids, it has an effect on our home, has an effect on our work colleagues because we, we're operating in a, you know, someone, if you think of a koala in a habitat, they just gnaw away at that eucalyptus leaves all day. Or, I mean, they're in their habitat, but they're just absorbing it all the time in that habitat. They don't want to leave that habitat. And every now and then, once a year, as we do, we hear them, hear them growling their guts out. Have you ever heard, wave your hand if you've heard a koala growling. I mean, it is just the most random thing in the world, isn't it? These cuddly little things just grunting and groaning. And I mean, they sound like gorillas. Um, but that's, that's God's creation, isn't it? It's procreation happening as they're growling. I mean, it's, that's life. But that's, that's their habitat. They don't want to leave the habitat. They stay in that habitat. And so what do we identify koalas with? Eucalyptus leaves and nature and their habitat. So often Christians, uh, we relate Christians to their habitat or their environment. But we forget about relating Christians to the personal, which is Christ. Him who lives in us and breathes in us and moves in us and through us. And so the world knows a lot about our environment and a little bit about our habitat, but so little about our personal. So little about our personal Jesus Christ, our Saviour. They know all the rules and regulations about our environment. They know what we're not allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do. See, they know the Moses part. They know the law part. But against the fruits of the Spirit, there is no law. There is no rules. We're allowed to operate in those kingdom fruits as much as we desire. There's no law. There's no restrictions. And it's interesting when I think about bringing the kingdom of heaven and operating in the kingdom of heaven, I always nowadays take it personal in the sense of I look at how am I doing? How am I doing? What am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I dwelling on? And then when I do that, I very quickly go from whatever might be happening in the environmental realm around us in our community. I go past the habitat of what might be just happening locally. And then I go straight within. And I have a look at that thing, which you've heard me talk about, the fruit of the Spirit called self-control, which as you know, as I've shared many times, another word for that, if you like, is dominion within. Dominion within. Do you have dominion within your own life? Because it's so easy to look at the habitat, so easy to throw stones elsewhere, so easy to look at the environment and see everything that's wrong in a certain environment. But it's often the most pertinent thing we can do is look deep within. And then when we get honest with ourselves and we become self-aware in the face of Jesus and what, how He's looking at us, we then begin to evidence the fruit of the Spirit from within. And we don't have to try and grapple with it, you know, in the environment anymore. And, and we love gathering like this as a community, but gathering like this as a community will do very little for us if we don't make it personal. It will do 
very little for us if we don't make it our habitat. Jesus needs to be living in our habitat. He needs to be living in our personal space. And as you know, from time to time, I'll make this really relevant. From time to time, a fox will try and come into your vineyard. Man, so many of you on Facebook, it's good to see. I need a kick from Mark Zuckerberg for, for promoting. Some of you would have seen this week, I had my greatest challenge, a fox trying to steal Karen's chickens. And our guard dog was going crazy. And it was about 2 or 3 a.m. And we'd been awake for four hours listening to our dog just going crazy. And I'm like, surely there's something out there. And so I went out there with the gun. And sorry if you don't like guns, but, you know, when you live on a farm, it's, uh, you sort of need it. And this fox was hanging around our chook house. And he was licking his lips and he would have taken all of them. And one night, and uh, I just heard from heaven, I want to take this fox back to heaven. And so I helped him on his way. And after many attempts over the last year and a half, I finally had a direct hit and, um, and got him, sent him to the Lord to be with the Father. <laughs> Ever seen Avatar, how they're just so, they're amazing when they kill the animal, they go up and they sort of almost bless the animal. They're so at one with nature. I can't say I was like that. Partly because I was in my boxes at 3 a.m. out there shooting a fox. But why am I saying that? Because so often the enemy sends foxes into your vineyard. And sometimes we don't even know it because it's at night. And he comes with little lies and little jokes and little stupid little things. And he tries to play on your sinful nature. It's what Paul's saying. Yes, and I, I mean, I love preachers that preach, you are spotlessly clean, you're sinlessly perfect, you don't have to repent. I love that kind of preaching, but it's completely untrue. It's completely what I don't see on earth. I see that in heaven. And in heaven, that's gonna be the case, but I don't see that on earth. And I see Paul's writings here saying, come on guys, talking to Christians in Galatia saying, come on, don't let your sinful natures take hold. Don't follow the lusts of your flesh. Don't go down that track. Listen to your spirit, because if you listen to your spirit, you'll live by the spirit. But if you start listening to your flesh, then you'll begin to hear some of the rumours and the gossip and that sort of stuff. And you'll begin to hang around them. They'll become into your habitat. They're in your environment already. They're in your community already. But that'll start creeping into your habitat. And once it's in your habitat, you start eating it and breathing it and you start thinking that's okay. And then it becomes personal. And before you know it, it starts to emanate from, from your being. And this is why it's, it's really important that we look at who we listen to in our lives. Because if we let people who might be in our environment due to circumstances, let's say work environment, they might be in our environment. We haven't got a choice about that. But we don't have to let them in our habitat. And we certainly don't have to let them in our personal DNA space. Because if we let them in our personal DNA space, that's when the fox is going to ruin the vineyard. And the enemy, the Bible says, he is roaming round like a lion, seeking who he can devour. He's always trying. He's always trying. He won't let Christians go because he knows that we're the ones who are prophetically called to be the bridegroom, the bride for the groom. And the groom is coming soon. 
And if we're truly to be a bride, then we've got to be in preparation, don't we? And a bride doesn't want to be distracted, doesn't want to be pulled away onto other things. I mean, there's so much happening building up to the, the wedding feast. And the Bible talks about this, the, the groom is coming for a bride and that's us. We're His bride. And it's an amazing prophetic symbolism, isn't it? It's an amazing thought that we're actually to be preparing ourselves, preparing our hearts, preparing our ground. Not everyone else's ground, but our ground. Sometimes we're so good at preparing everyone else's ground. You know, it's like, oh man, I can see everything wrong in politics, but I'd hate to be there myself. Why? Because I'd probably stuff it up too. <laughs> it's so hard in so many situations. And, and as people called to be salt and light, we're, we're actually meant to be living kingdom lives. And that means we'll have wisdom and discernment to speak into atmospheres and change atmospheres. Now, I used to hear this stuff and think, oh, that's mumbo jumbo, you know, speaking into atmospheres and let them change, you know. But when you make it personal and you begin in your own life, that's where it begins. So it's not so much about casting the, the fishing rod way out in the deep and just, you know, trying for the big ones. It's about casting it really shallow really personal and saying, okay, I'm going to begin decreeing and declaring that stuff over my life, my mind, my situation, my foxes. I'm going to shoot them. I'm going to get rid of them out of my life because when I've got rid of them out of my life, my habitat's going to change. My local area is going to change. I'll begin feeding off cleaner stuff because there's not, not this cravings and these leanings anymore because my habitat is, is, is fresh and it's new. And then my environment will begin to be impacted because my habitat starts to emanate out of who I am and others begin to catch it. And there's, there's something really, really powerful. I mean, Karen laughs at me because every now and then I'll cotton on to some new guy who's got some new mantra. And, and um, yeah, I've got one lately. I am not going to share with you who it is because he is very inappropriate. However, I don't mean rude inappropriate. I mean, his language is not appropriate for us as very nice prissy Christians. However, however, uh, however, okay, okay. <laughs> however, he's cottoned on to something about the spirit of man that I've been watching and I've been thinking, this is a prophetic message to the church. Now, he's not a professing Christian, but it's a prophetic message to the church. And I've been watching it and it's been uh, going out into my habitat a little bit because Karen was overhearing it yesterday going, what on earth are you watching? And I'm like, I'm just, this guy's got something. This guy's got something. He's got something because he's changed his life completely. He's used a lot of biblical Christian principles and he's brought up Christian. And a lot of what he does is about making it personal. Stop the excuses. Stop blaming everyone else. Stop looking out into the environment, picking on everything else that's wrong, but start looking deep within your own life. Take self-control, have dip dominion within. And then when we take hold of that and we get really strong and we get really close to Jesus at that place. See, it's easy to be close to Jesus in an environment like this because we worship and there's, there's kind of a corporate anointing where we all gather and we all catch each other's you know, spiritual good chicken pox, if you like. It's, it's a good thing. And then, and then it, when we leave, you know, it gets a little bit smaller because it's in our car, it's in our habitat. And, uh, and, you know, we get in our car and, 
you know, maybe it's not so clean and maybe, you know, husband, you forgot to do something and so husband, wife or family, the, the kids are going crazy in the back and the habitat is, we're losing our chicken pox. It's the spirituality is dropping very, very quickly in the car here and then we get home and it's a mess and there's things to do and we're busy and, oh no, I've got study or work or I've got cleaning or I've just got to prepare for tomorrow or do stuff or we've got to go see people. There's always stuff. And so very quickly we go from the environment and our habitat's gone and then our personal's gone. And all three levels have changed very quickly. But I believe what Paul is talking about here, when we truly learn to operate in the Spirit, that is to live by the Spirit, we will know how to keep Him in our personal space so that He becomes part of our DNA. He becomes part of our body. He becomes part of our being, if you like. And so that when the habitat changes a little bit around us, and I mean, we'll all get into clean cars, praise God. But if you're anything like me, by tomorrow afternoon, that'll be back to normal again. The habitat, then you get in home, you know, maybe the situation's not exactly ideal. It's not perfect. That's life for a lot of people. But if He's changed our DNA, then it's up to us then to begin to emanate the fruits of the Spirit into our habitat, into our environment. And maybe we just start with just decreeing stuff over ourselves. Just whatever those foxes are in our habitat, start shooting them, start getting them, start taking control over those foxes. Maybe they're personal ones, doubts, fears, insecurities, hurts, baggage. I don't know, it could be all sorts of things or all of those things. But when we take authority over these things, Luke 10, 19, Jesus says to the disciples, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy. So you can tread on snakes and scorpions and they won't harm you. And again, it's a depiction of the fact that the enemy will try and come at us with these things all the time. And he'll get us where we're weakest. He'll get us when we're weakest. And it's at those moments we need to be looking for the foxes and say, you're not going to get me this time. I'm going to make this personal. And I give you permission. Get out the rifle in the Spirit and take him down. Remember that because it might help you even this week when the enemy tries to come and bring doubt and bring fear and insecurity or pride or jealousy or maybe temptation in some areas. You can read Paul's list of sins there and it's quite depressing, isn't it? <laughs> but then he gets into the good stuff at the end. So he knew a good preaching method. Give him the meat in the guts and then finish with some cream and sugar and sweet stuff on top. We have an enemy and he's not letting up. He's not getting any weaker. He's not getting any lighter. But children of God have the weapons to fight Him and take Him down. And, and this is the eternal message that we carry. It doesn't matter how bad you're feeling. It doesn't matter how bad your situation is, how much depression, oppression, or whatever else you have going on in your life. If you believe in Jesus, you have the spiritual weapons of warfare to take down the plans of the enemy you might just need to start making them personal because everyone else can't fight your fight for you. We try and we'll, we'll get around people and we'll do what we can, but we can only get as close to your habitat. That's as close as we can get. 
We get to each other in our habitat. We can't get personal. We can't get in our DNA spiritually with one another. That's every single human being's responsibility is to take authority over the enemy for themselves and stand in that royalty, that authority that He's given us. Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority over all the powers of Satan. It's a powerful statement, isn't it? And when we remember that, it it gets personal. This week, this month, this year, when the enemy tries to come, unless we have so much strength in our personal DNA, spirit, walking by the Spirit, operating in the fruits of the Spirit, maturing in responses, spiritual responses rather than fleshy responses. And I think this is a a really big one for believers these days. Then we actually forfeit the fullness of what God wants to do in our lives because we just keep it in a habitat. We just keep it in an environment. I want you to stand today and I want the worship team to come. I just want us to lift our hands and spend a few minutes making it personal because there's, there's a great corporate anointing with these beautiful worship guys here and leading us in worship and, and that saturates the environment and then it begins to seep into our habitat, which is really good. But unless we make it personal in about half an hour, once a good coffee's gone down, then it, it may just disappear. And it's, it's things like that that create disappointed Christians. Because years and years and years of being sort of satisfied in, env- uh, in an environment and then a little bit more satisfied in a habitat, but never really making it deeply personal, that creates disappointed and shallow believers. And it's one of those things that I know you don't want to be and you aren't. So let's lift our hands and let's just ask the Lord to come and visit us today and maybe let Him saturate into your DNA, into your very person. It doesn't even, you know, if, you, if, if you're a believer and you're filled with the Spirit, you don't even need to wait for the right chord on a guitar to be played. You have the authority within you right now. You don't need to wait for the habitat to change and someone else who's a little bit bolder than you to, to begin to reach out because you are in control of your own spiritual DNA and you begin doing it yourself. And if you can do it here, then you can do it Monday morning and you can do it Thursday night. It's much easier in an environment where people have set it up for us and it's much easier in a habitat, but can we do it personally? So I wanna ask you this morning to, if you're willing, just to step out in faith and whatever that looks like for you, you don't particularly have to do anything, but I'm talking about in your spirit. Just begin to lift your hands and lift your voice and make it personal. Make it personal. Make it personal. Because sometimes it's at awkward moments where we haven't got everything perfectly mapped out for us. That's the moments when God's saying, will you just step in? Will you just step in? Let's get personal. Let's get personal this morning. So I wanna give you permission to get personal with Jesus this morning, face to face, right up close. Let His presence, let His Spirit saturate your very DNA today so that you don't have to rely on someone else's habitat or an environment, but He's literally, He has dominion within your DNA, your spirit, your being. 
so that this week you begin to emanate the kingdom of God.